Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. You can feel the tension. Someone says something, does something, confesses something. It's wrong. They're wrong. But do we have the right to be offended? What gospel benefit comes from our being angry? Is righteous anger even possible for us? So here's the hypothesis. We're not entitled to get offended or stay angry. What if giving up your right to be offended can be one of the most freeing, healthy, simplifying, relaxing, refreshing, stress-relieving, encouraging things you could possibly do? Could it be that giving up our right to be angry over every and any offense could be our greatest witness of the power of Jesus Christ in our lives? Maybe we should talk about this? May the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's word before us today as we continue our unoffendable worship series comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 through 6, in the Pew Bible on page 971. Since it serves as the gospel for the day and it is our custom to stand for Jesus' words, please do so. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Let's pray. From hearts depraved to evil prone flow thoughts and deeds of sin alone. God's image lost, the darkened soul nor seeks nor finds its heavenly goal. We thank you, Christ. New life is ours, new light, new hope, new strength, new powers. This grace our every way attend until we reach our journey's end. Amen. Please be seated. So, a man in a severe and acute state of anxiety goes to see his doctor. 
Doctor, he says, you've got to help me. I'm dying. Everything hurts. I touch my head. It hurts. I touch my arm. It hurts. I touch my stomach. It hurts. I touch my leg. It hurts. You've got to help me, doc. Everything hurts. The doctor runs a full battery of tests on this man, after which he says, I've got good news for you. You're not dying. Your finger is broken. (laughs) You and I live in a broken and hurting world, don't we? We live in a world that can cause us to enter into this acute or severe state of anxiety. People whom we love with all of our heart make foolish decisions that impact us in great, unbelievable ways. People we don't know do foolish and stupid things that just cause us to shake our heads in bewilderment. We want to do the right thing, right? We want to respond in ways that are good and God-pleasing. So what do we do? How do we respond? On the one hand, how do we help people whom we love dearly find healing for their pain, recovery from their failure, escape from the trap of their sin? On the other hand, when it comes to things where we have no say in the matter, how do we learn just to let go and let God? That we might find the peace, the rest that God wants us to enjoy. In our gospel text today, Jesus helps us to approach things like this through the eyes of a physician, the eyes of a doctor. And in so doing, he issues to us a call to be at rest. Don't condemn others. Clean up your own act first. Counsel those who ask for it. First of all, don't condemn those who have made a mess of their lives. Don't separate yourself from them as if you're morally superior and they're less valuable than you are. What's interesting in this text is that the word that Jesus uses for judge means to separate or to distinguish. It has to do with separating yourself from someone whom you consider bad. When you put yourself on the scale of comparison, you see yourself as being good and the other person as being bad. The problem with this type of comparison is that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. You've heard me say that before. As we stand at the foot of Jesus' cross, all of us are equally sinful. All of us are equally in need of God's forgiveness. Listen to God. There is no one righteous, not even one. 
There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Whew. God sees every one of us by nature bad. And we can't compare ourselves to others and consider ourselves good and them bad. Do you hear that? The line dividing good from bad runs through the heart of every human being. It runs through your heart. It runs through my heart. So there's no separating ourselves from people whom we consider bad. There's no distinguishing our kind from their kind. In God's eyes, sin is sin. In his own words, sin is lawlessness. And any breaking of God's law, whether it's the tragic murdering of 19 children and two adults in a school in Uvalde, Texas, or my being angry with my wife, is sin. Anyone who sins breaks the law, God says. Now, a good way to understand this is to think of a balloon. Blow up a balloon, and with a soft marker, write ten numbers on it, representing the Ten Commandments. The balloon is God's law. Sin at any one of those Ten Commandments by poking the balloon with a pin, and what happens? The entire balloon bursts. God says, says, Anyone who keeps the whole law and yet breaks it in just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. And when we engage in judging others, we only bring condemnation on ourselves. That's the point that Jesus is making today. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. To condemn others is only to condemn yourself, and the same standard that you use with others will be used against you. I like the way Luke records what Jesus is saying. He puts it this way. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Those of you who were here in person or online last week know that last week's sermon text was Jesus' parable of the unmerciful servant. And as I worked through this text this week, this sounded an awful lot like what Jesus said as he concluded that parable. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. What we dish out will come back to bite us, whether it's commendation or condemnation, whether it's criticism or complimenting. What we sow, we will reap. 
whether it's grace or grousing, blessing or blame. Do we want to respond to those things that are happening around us in a good and godly way and find the rest, the peace that God wants us to have? Then let's not engage in unloving judgment of others' motives and behavior. And let's clean up our own act. Jesus says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, I have a sense of humor. It may be bad, but I have a sense of humor. And I like to think that Jesus had a sense of humor. And that's what he's displaying right now. Think of it. Can you imagine somebody with a plank, a log, stuck in his eye, trying to see clearly to get that little speck of sawdust in somebody else's eye? It's comical, almost to the point of being absurd. But it can be so catastrophic. It's like the man who goes to see the family doctor. He says, doctor, my wife is deaf. She never hears anything I say. Everything I say, I have to repeat multiple times. Well, the doctor says, go home tonight, stand about 15 feet from her, and say something. If she doesn't reply, move five feet closer, do it again. Keep doing it until she finally hears you. We want to determine the extent of her hearing loss. So the man goes home and does exactly what the doctor said. He stands about 15 feet from his wife, who's in the kitchen chopping vegetables. Honey, what's for dinner, he asks. No reply. So he moves five feet closer and asks again. Honey, what's for dinner? No response. So he does it again. No response. Now he moves about this close to her. He's an inch from her head. And he says, what's for dinner? She turns and says, honey, for the fourth time, vegetable stew. (laughs) Who had the hearing problem? Not the wife. So when we judge who has the problem, we do. We're the ones being judgmental. We're the ones considering others bad and ourselves good. And you know what God says? God says a judgmental spirit, a judgmental heart or attitude always flows from pride. He says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And you know what? We're so quick to notice when somebody angers or offends us, and yet so slow to learn that we're doing the same thing to them. This story doesn't fit 
right head on, but I think it makes the point. When Bill Horn was in the hospital, I was going to see him one day going north on Racine Avenue, just north of National Avenue, where the two lanes merge into one. It was raining cats and dogs. It was just pouring. And you know that in Wisconsin, it's state law to have your lights on when your windshield wipers are going. A car comes from my left, I'm in the right lane, basically cuts me off at the merge spot and has no headlights on. And I'm just livid. What, doesn't this guy know the, the, the law in Wisconsin? I look down and go, better turn my lights on. <laughs> We're so quick to judge without looking at ourselves. If we truly want to find rest in what is God's role in judging others. Let's clean up our own act first. Then, let's be willing to respond to those who ask us to. Jesus says, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. The folks at Jesus' time considered pigs and dogs to be unclean animals. Pigs typically ate the nastiest of foods. Dogs were scavengers, often consuming human blood. Stray dogs were even known to growl at the hand of somebody who was giving them table scraps. That's what happens so often when we offer unsolicited advice. At best, people growl at us. At best, they tear us to pieces. These are the folks represented by the pigs and dogs in our text today. They're so full of themselves, they won't listen to a word we have to say. As someone once said, you can always tell an expert, but you can't tell him much. So, let's not waste our time by giving what is sacred to the dogs. Let's not cast God's pearls before the swine. The world in which you and I live is not our friend. The world in which we live is not the friend of anyone who belongs to God. Jesus once said, if the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. The ungodly philosophy, the immoral principles of the world, almost always stand in direct opposition to you and me as Christians and to what we represent. Whether it's abortion, euthanasia, marriage, the role of the government, what should be taught in our schools, you name it, we are not going to agree. We don't start or begin with the same foundation. And while we're afforded the opportunity to vote and to run for office and to um, express ourselves peacefully, in the end, we have to learn to leave things in God's hands. We can't try to assume his role 
in judging the people and nations of the earth. And that's what brings us a sense of peace and rest. We don't have to play God. And we wait. We wait patiently until people are ready to hear what we have to say. Then the Apostle Peter counsels us, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And what is that hope? In one word, Jesus. It's Jesus who says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Nothing compares to Jesus. No one can bring us rest like Jesus. No one can fix broken and hurting hearts like Jesus. Scripture says he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Jesus lived the life of perfection that God demanded of all of us. Jesus suffered in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. Jesus went to the cross, even to hell, to pay for all the times that we judge unlovingly and unfairly. And then he came back from the grave to give us new life, a real life, an abundant life, an eternal life. It's in these things that we find our rest and our peace. For God says, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Fellow redeemed, when it comes to the things that anger and offend you, don't judge. Lead by compassion not condemnation. Lead by example, not examination. And lead with wisdom, not words. In other words, look at those around you, the ones you love, the folks you know, the people you don't, and see them through the eyes of a doctor, a physician, not a judge. See them as people with hurts which God desperately wants to heal and not people with faults that you choose to despise. And always keep in mind these words of Jesus. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Amen. Now the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.